Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode 124 of A Play on Nerds. Uh, my name is Jarman. And my name is Steve. And we're the co hostess with the mo hostess. And if we sound like we're laughing and having being sounding a little frustrated, it's because we've had a lot of technical issues writing up to this oh, episode. Man. But that just means it's going to be a good one. And we've brought a lot of energy to the table, I think would be the way to say it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the ticket. Um, so <laughs> this episode, we're doing another rule of three. And if you don't remember what that is, it's basically where we take the third movie in a franchise and we just uh, review that movie and see if it's uh, been the downfall of that franchise or maybe it's still staying strong. And this time around, we're doing Child's Play 3 in honor of the new that's Child's, right. Child's Play, Play has been recreated and is back out and is doing OK. About six, I think, 68 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is that like, where it's at? So, so doing all right, uh, but Child's Play is a long and sordid franchise, and three is is the last one before they got into like the insane Bride of Chucky stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> where they well, this is the last Child's Play movie before the recent one, and then after that, they became Chucky films. That's right, um, and so it's it's a weird franchise, but uh, we got a lot to talk about and a lot of related oh, man. stuff. It's going to be real good and terrible, mostly terrible. So it's been a little while since our last episode. So what have you been up to all this time? Well, the reason it's been a little while is we kind of had two weekends in a row where we were booked up and then the weeks got away from us. So it just happened. Uh, One of which was because we saw Well, 4th of July happened. Mm -hmm. So there was that holiday followed immediately by my birthday. Right. Where we went down to Santa Cruz for a long weekend. And while we were down there, family friend watched the kid and we did lunch, like an adult lunch at an Irish pub. Uh, And then we went to the boardwalk arcade because we are we are in middle school still. And we blew just a bunch of money on games. Very nice. Like a straight up arcade. Just a, a bunch. The boardwalk there. Santa Cruz boardwalk has a huge arcade. Um Lots of fun, and we blew a ton of cash. We won a few good prizes, though. I went two for two, two back-to-back in my last $5 of one of those machines where you have to get the arm to go right and then go to the correct height, and then it pushes forward, and if it makes it through this little tiny hole, you push a prize out behind it. Nice. Uh, And I got two uh, Funko Pop bobbleheads. Those are always fun. One of which is Alex Trebek, and it's for my dad. Oh, that's great. That's very timely. Yeah, it's spectacular. Uh, so then that, that nice weekend happened. My birthday occurred. Uh, I was looking forward to playing Dungeon World on my birthday. My group kind of canceled on me. So that was a little bit of a bummer jokes on them though. The giant like pan of rice Krispie treats that Anna made for the group. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's all for me. <laughs> it's all for you. Oh, so this is your in-person Dungeon World group. Yeah, this is my in-person Dungeon World group. Uh, and then the next week, this last weekend, we, uh, I had a nephew birthday. So we had to go up to grandma's. Mm-hmm. And we had mom watch the kid again. Nice. And we went to the veranda shopping center, which is like this. She, it, it belongs right in the heart of winter park. Let me put it that way. Gotcha. Fancy place. Uh, 
but to, to to class it down a little bit, we went and had lunch at Golden Corral. Oh no! <laughs> oh man, what an experience! I forgot how how insane Golden Corral was. For those outside of the U.S., uh, if you I don't know if you have it in the U.K., but the, it's basically like a buffet with everything you can imagine in it. And I'm always terrified of it because I'm a germaphobe, and there's tons of little kids oh, running around nightmarish. everywhere, and it's nightmarish. Oh yeah. Uh, and so we, we went and had a lot of food there and then we went and got drinks because I booked us into an escape room. Nice. Uh, so the, the place that we were at, this really nice place had an escape room and I looked at this and I went, this has production value. Like this is going to mm. be good. So we went, we booked like the fairy tale themed room and we went and we got assigned with a family who brought a four year old and a six year old. Oh, jeez. So basically the parents wrangled the children the entire time and the puzzle was pretty much up to Anna and I. <laughs> How'd you do? Uh, we did good. We escaped with 10 minutes left. Nice. Uh, the guy, the game guy did give us more hints, but it's because he was clearly trying to get the kids involved. Like oh, okay. He did the right thing. So, so he, he was a good employee and read the room right. Uh, and then we got, we got to the last room with only 15 minutes left. I just thought, well, there's no way we're going to get through here. There's a math equation thing that I can't figure out and I've got to walk away from. Uh, and then I go over and I see this four letter lock with like the rotators on it. And I, I was like, oh, I got to figure this out. So I take a look and in the first dial, there's like a W an X a V, a period, a question mark and a blank spot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so W is the first letter. Got it. And then I went to the next wheel and there was only one vowel and it was an I. So WI, we're in a fairy tale thing. It's wish. So I force guessed this lock <laughs> without figuring it out. You just guessed it. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, and we, and five minutes later, we were out of the room. I was convinced we weren't going to make it. And then like I force guessed that lock and two other things fell into place and we walked out. Nice. And you made your child cry behind you. Oh, she's, she's <laughs> having a night. She's having a night. <laughs> Anna's in there with her. She is being cared for. Of course. You're good parents. Yes. She just hates things sometimes. <laughs> hates things in general. Uh, but yeah, so we got to go have some fun. We had two date nights in the time that since we've last talked. And I think you'll have more to come now that the kid gets older. I hope so. Man. It's so nice, what have you been up to? Nice to get a parent been, to watch after. It's been like three weeks. Yeah. Well, um. Uh, my buddy Patrick, our buddy Patrick, came into town for Fourth um, of July. He was an old play on nerds friend. You know, you know him from the Twitch streams and stuff from a while back. But um, yeah, he came into town with his daughter and his wife, and uh, we stayed at a villa near Disney with his friends of the family, and Ooh. we played card games. It was a lot of fun, and had a good Fourth of July at his brother's place, doing fireworks and stuff. Um, Ooh, fireworks! Yeah, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. And then we, uh, since then, it was your birthday, which I didn't do anything for you for your birthday. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> We're getting old, man. We can't do it all the time. It's true. Uh, catch me next year, the year after, maybe. That's true. And since then, I went to court to get my name legally changed, uh, which was funny. The court, just, uh, the judge, just asked me if I have any felonies out for my arrest, or if I'm an illegal alien, or if I'm. Uh, trying to dodge debtors or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, they they ask you on record if there's any reason that any not on the lamb reason that you are changing your name so that they have a court record so that if you do end up having something exactly 
they can hold you in contempt of court. <laughs> and it's it's easier if you get married just to show your marriage certificate to the social security office and the driver's license place and they give it to you immediately. You don't, you don't have to go to court for it. But for I'm just changing it for my business and just to have a simpler name because I had Jarman Daybon and now it's just going to be Jarman Day. Um, so it's going to be a little easier to get around with. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of pain in the butt. I'm still waiting for my social security card and all that stuff. So let me get this straight. You are no longer my best friend of 20 years, Jarman Day Bon. Nope. Just you are now Jarman Day. All right. This is going to be tough. I just want you to know that (laughs) it's like, you can call me whatever you want. My best. Like I still call you Steven and even though everyone else calls you Steve. It's it's the same thing. That's exactly what I was just thinking. (laughs) You're like the only person in my life that still calls me Steven. Very formal. Steven. Very formal. Oh, the child is dying. Did you hear that exchange? What was it? She said, what the hell is that? And then Anna said, it's an orange peel. It's not a French fry. Joyce just goes, I want one. (laughs) Of course she does. (laughs) Whatever that is, I want it. (laughs) Is it French fries? Just give it. (laughs) I want to chew on it. She's like a kid at fat camp who escapes. (laughs) (laughs) Just have some sandwich. Give it to me. Like, oh man, I'm starving. I only have two minutes before they catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh man. So, anyways, okay, good. So, uh, another thing that happened was uh, pretty exciting was that uh, I ran my first Dungeon World session as a DM. Ooh, welcome. Yes. You and I can talk as fellow DMs. So if those of you don't know and heard our past shows about this, Dungeon World is like Dungeons and Dragons, except that it's a little more improvisational, easier on the DM. The the characters you're playing kind of come up with the world as you're coming up with it. And I was super nervous. I haven't DM'd anything in a long time. And finally, I got the nerve and my um my regular group uh uh, wanted me to do it for once and they liked it so much they want to put the other campaign on hold while i dm this campaign <laughs> yeah dude dungeon world is so fun it gives players the ability to do all kinds of things right and it's and easy. not not to say aren't possible in a thing like D, but there's technically such a pain in the ass that you don't even do them yeah and you have permission to kind of do whatever you want it's more cinematic and what was the coolest part was that one of our players um she usually is pretty um just gets involved when when we're doing you know fights and that kind of thing and she jokes around never does a character voice or anything like that but this session she came up with a character voice is like a valley girl type of thing and she got really involved was like making up parts of the story and came out of her shell entirely i was like wow she never Good. did that in all of our years of playing so uh, yeah the just, key to dungeon really cool. world is that your players should be inventing a lot of the world exactly so i was really happy that worked out well now i'm just scared for the second session because i had to prepare more stuff so that's nice. the difficult part yeah exploit your prep uh, you and I can talk after this. I'll tell you how I, how I did it. And I've had some really good successes. I would like to that conversation. that would be great. Um, but just so everyone knows, Dungeon World is not for everybody. I can illustrate this point as of earlier today. Uh, I'm DMing a campaign on Tuesdays. Nice. Uh, and last night, uh, one of my players came for the second time. He seemed to enjoy it. He was engaged. He got to do some cool stuff. And he texted me today and said that it's just not, he doesn't, he misses the structure of D and D. Yeah, that's fair. He misses the crunchiness of 5e and the mechanics and that he's just not getting that. He likes the numbers, and the like, rules, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I said, fair enough. Thank you for trying. You know? Yeah, he gave it on a shot. Can't complain about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that leads us into some nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy news. All right. What you got for us this time, Steve? 
Uh, I don't have a kitschy name. I didn't think about it because I found two just kind of crazy stories. All right. They're like no kitschy name is needed. The first one uh, we reported on nearly two years ago. Reported on. You did this story. <laughs> uh, and that was that a British woman named Amanda Teague uh, had made contact, fallen in love with, and had j- recently married a 300-year-old Haitian pirate named Jack. Oh, yeah. She claimed was the inspiration for Jack Sparrow. <laughs> uh, well... Trouble was brewing. The tabloids have been talking that they've been having fights, and sure enough, a divorce has been filed. I thought I reported on that a while ago. When did that happen? The divorce was recently. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you reported on the ghost pirate marriage like two years ago. I thought there was some update in between this time, but maybe not. Maybe tabloids. So that's the thing. Everyone that covers this story, it's all tabloid. So who knows? <laughs> um, but they, you know, there was a thing where they were getting counseling. And she said he was like, it was just, it's all dumb. It's all dumb. I think he wasn't good in bed either. That's true. (laughs) Uh, And then also in England, uh, unfortunately, a woman named uh, Ellen uh, Struthers uh, or Elena uh, 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 was a gardener who was using one of those uh, hippie reusable metal straws. Mm. She fell. It impaled her eye socket and her brain and killed her. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the coroner's office released a public warning that if you're going to drink with one of these metal drinking straws, make sure to not drink out of something that fixes the straw in a specific position. Mm. So, like, Which is like 90% of the things that you would use a straw with. Right. <laughs> so don't drink out of those with metal straws. Wow. So like maybe a paper cup or something. Yeah, like a milk carton, I think it'd be all right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, see, I just had two ridiculous stories, so I didn't need to make a ridiculous name. See, there's a hook that's right outside of my shower when I step out. And every time I step out of the shower, I'm like, one of these days I'm going to slip and just my eyes going to go right into that hook. I'm just going to die. Careful, Jarman. <laughs> exactly. Careful. Small steps. Small I'm very careful every time. Uh, so my nerdy news is actually kind of related to uh, child's play in that... Uh, it's about the uncanny valley, which many of you probably know as you're listening to sci-fi podcasts and stuff. But it's basically with animation or with robots and androids where they look really close to being human, but just not enough to where it's creep creeps you out for some reason. You can tell it's not right um, and you can't put your finger on why you've heard of this before, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so they just did a study um, in the Journal of Neuroscience is where it was published. I'm not sure who did this study. didn't say in the article I read, but it was in the Journal of Neuroscience, which is actually a steamable journal. Um, and it's basically they took 21 volunteers, hooked them up to MRI machines, and they put a bunch of pictures in a series of from robots to androids to actual humans to so from the variants of not not like a human at all to completely looking like a human. And they had them rate them as to like ability for each picture. And then at the end, for some reason, they had them decide who would give the best gift to another human. Strange. But the real data they're looking for was how the brain was going to react when they saw each photo. And um, the cool thing was that for the really robot looking robots and for the human photographs, the prefrontal cortex was going the most active, which is the one part of our brain that's the most advanced. It separates us from other primates. Uh, helps us, uh, they said, uh, make executive decisions that are against our primal urges. So it kind of controls us from being animals, basically. Um, and then for the pictures that were right there in that uncanny valley, um, our, the amygdala was the most active, 
which is our fight or flight reactor that causes fear, rage, and anxiety. So it's what for some reason when we see something that looks wrong and not quite human, but close, it just makes us go and freak out. <laughs> so it's like scientifically proven that this uncanny valley exists now through our brain activity. And so looking at Chucky, he's kind of almost in that uncanny valley when he animates his face. That's yeah. What makes and in creepy. fact, uh, Child's Play 3 was the first time that they used uh, computer assistance. Right. With his effects. To make it more precise and more interesting and complex. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of, and especially, I feel like there's been some weird fluctuations because you have things like Jurassic Park that was made like 25 or 30 years ago now that still looks exceptional. I don't understand that, but it's true. And it looks real. And then things that came out 10 years later look like crap. Yeah, look at the most recent Jurassic Park movie even. I mean, look at, you know, when they like remastered the Star Wars trilogy and put all that CGI in. Yeah. You know, like Jabba the Hutt. Ugh, it was terrible. <laughs> well, they had a practical um, job of the last time, but. No, 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 I'm talking about in A New Hope. There was a cut scene. Uh, oh, with, yeah. And they uh, added him with, with him walking around yeah, yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah. And it just looks awful. It looks terrible. It ruins everything. <laughs> you suck, Lucas. <laughs> Thanks for Willow, though. Willow's cool. Willow. I love Willow. <laughs> but yeah, that's my uh, nerdy uh, news there. Okay, cool. Uh, well, before we get into talking about Child's Play, I started looking up uh, some dangerous toys. Also appropriate. Nice. Uh, so the Slip and Slide came out in the 50s or 60s. The old summertime classic. Great for kids, but not for adults. In 93, uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission issued a warning after a series of incidents where teenagers and adults received permanent spinal damage after injuries suffered when they came to an abrupt stop at the end of a much too short runway of only 16 feet. Hmm. Uh, so uh, the slip and slide disappeared until I think like 2000 or 2001 and then came back with a huge warning label on the box. <laughs> no lawsuits, please. Uh, then the sky dancer uh, the flip flying sky princess of the nineties, uh, ballerina type figurine who would take air when you pulled this, this string and just go straight for the eyes. <laughs> uh, there was reports of temporary blindness, scratches to corneas, tooth breaks, face lacerations, 150 reports of injury, uh, total from this toy. And it was banned in 2000. Jesus. You can't buy sky dancers anymore. Uh, and then the most deadly toy in the U.S. is toy guns. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, fake firearms have been the part of like the little boy toy kit for a hundred years, uh, and in nineteen to the point where in nineteen eighty nine, the U.S. government started putting requirements that any toy guns have to have bright red or bright orange muzzles, or they have to be cartoonish to the point where they couldn't be mistaken for real guns, um, or brightly colored, and um, between 2014 and 2016, this is the most recent time I could find, there were 86 shootings involved with people that had toy guns or fake guns. Well, how are they hurting people if they're fake guns? Being shot by the police, for the most part. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Um, you know, a kid takes the, the toy gun with the orange muzzle and goes, oh, man, I hate that orange and colors it black and then goes out on the street with it. Yep. 
I think I even did that um, for movies we shot when we were kids. I would paint the probably black. Yes, <laughs> we almost certainly did. I can guarantee it. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but yeah, eighty six deaths where people have had fake fake weapons on them. It's pretty scary. So the most deadly toy is also a gun. I did a short. You learned something. <laughs> yeah, I did a short film in college where um, this, the conceit was I was trying to sell snap bracelets. Remember those things from the nineties? Like yeah. And, they, yeah. and the guy I'm trying to sell them to, he's like, nah, man, there's a bunch of lawsuits. People sl- accidentally still slicing their wrists with those snap bracelets. <laughs> like that kills people. <laughs> so no, that's not true though. Never happened. <laughs> uh, so I think that takes us into our rule of three child's play. That synthesizer. Uh, I like that that they they at least tried to explain why Chucky was back. Now, I don't know what happened in the second one. I, I haven't seen them in probably 25 years. So, All right. So quick recap of the second one. Andy is screwed up. His mom's put in a mental institution because she told everyone that a doll tried to kill her son. He gets put into foster care, put in a foster family. Chucky comes back somehow. I don't honestly don't remember. Uh, finds, finds Andy goes to him, kills his foster family. They end up at a good guy doll factory where Chucky gets like a huge thing of like molten silicon dropped on him or something. Right. Melts. And that's the factory that opens the film. Right. And so it's been shut down for like eight years or something. His blood was still in the mass of him being melted down. We start off and we see very in a very long scene of uh, his blood being accidentally dropped into the new vat of stuff they're using to make Chucky dolls. And so he gets made into a new doll, basically. Yeah. um, So then these corporate bigwigs have a meeting about how they're bringing back the buddy dolls and corporate greed you don't they really don't want you to feel bad about this guy what's about to happen now? yeah the ceo uh, i did write down that just like wrath of khan the plot only works because of magic blood <laughs> that's for you that's for you quirky neuron yeah more magic blood <laughs> <laughs> um i did think the opening visual was cool it was very reminiscent of what they did uh with the bounty hunters and critters actually their transformation the melt yeah, they basically melted a Chucky doll and then played it in reverse in like kind of slow motion. So it was really grotesque looking at kind of forming from being melted. Um, but that's kind of how they filmed it. But it was it was, it was cool. Cool effect. Uh, fun, fun connection. One of my other favorite movies, one of the guys in the boardroom was kind of like one of the jerk guys poking fun at the rules in Gremlins 2. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, crazy sign of the time smoking in the boardroom. Like that's crazy. I did notice that. I was like, there's cigarettes. It's everywhere. so weird to see in films now. Yeah. It's just like a different time. Um, so they decided to bring it back on- online. Of course, Chucky is back. He kills the, the CEO of this company, uses his computer to find out that Andy is at a military academy and gets himself shipped there. And they didn't have internet in 91 when this movie came out, but it takes place in 96. I think the idea is that it's like a corporate database or something. That's true. Where like they keep tabs on people. And for whatever reason, the president would know how to use a computer well enough. A guy his age would not know how to use that, use that computer. Or this movie is just so prescient. It knew about the internet would be around in 96. So they just kind of like, you know, his guest. Yeah, they guessed. Because <laughs> um, this movie came out only like nine months, I think, after Child's Play 2 or something like that. Yeah, it, it followed very, very quickly. So they had to skip jump time and say it was actually farther in the future than it was for the age of Andy to make sense. 
because now he's 16, I believe. Uh, so Chucky kills him, gets self shipped. And then meanwhile, we catch up with Andy, who's like a young kind of angsty teenager. Now he gets shipped off to this military academy where he's the new guy and there's hazing. And just like any eighties or nineties horror flick, there's a secondary bad guy who's not really, really the bad guy, but you just hate him. Oh, like the, and that's okay. The drill he's going to get shot kid. in the chest later. <laughs> and the, the lead guy playing Andy is Justin Whalen, but he looks so much like Will Wheaton. It made me like second guess myself. It's like, is that Will Wheaton? Well, it's really funny. He was actually a very prominent young adult actor uh, and was really up and coming. And and this was one of the credits kind of along the way. And then he he did Dungeons and Dragons movie in 2000 with Jeremy Irons and Thora Birch and a whole bunch of others. One of the Wayne's brothers. It tanked his career. Look at his IMDb page before and after that film. Just gone. It's. It's just a downward spiral after that. Because that movie was terrible, but yet somehow Jeremy Irons and Thor Birch and all them had careers afterwards. Uh, so Andy meets a, a little kid, probably about 10 or 12. Tyler. Uh, named Tyler, uh, who offers to pick up a delivery for Andy. And surprise, it's Chucky. Chucky jumps out of the box and figures out that because Tyler is now the first person who knows that he, his secret, he can transfer his soul into Tyler because the rules don't matter. I wondered about it that. It just doesn't matter. I didn't know what the rules were beforehand. So I'm like, what, what is this? Is this different? Well, the, in the original films, it had to be the first person that he revealed himself to. In this case, it was this kid. Oh, because he has a new body, I guess. Maybe that's why. Maybe if I remember correctly in between the first and the second one, they took his original doll and they like cleaned up the skull and put it back on the first doll out of the line or something. Oh, geez, it was something course. really hazy <laughs> magic blood. Um, so he tries to put his soul into Tyler. Meanwhile, um, what's his face? Andy finally sees him freaks out. Chucky's involved in a bunch of questionable deaths. Oh, and do we mention this is a military school? I don't know if we mentioned this. military academy. Yeah. Right. Oh, we did. Okay. Um, all these questionable deaths where he crushes a guy in a, in a garbage truck (laughs) and he kills the school barber. Yeah. The barber is also terrible. Like he's just like harassing children about cutting their hair. He's just an awful. Uh, He, he kills like the Dean by giving him a heart attack. Yeah. That was like, and he's like, really? That's what's happening. Fuck. He curses a lot. I thought that was good. It was pretty funny. Um, all the while, Andy is getting in trouble trying to stop Chucky and trying to save Tyler. Nobody believes and then him. The big kind of climax is that it's the day of the big war games. Right. And they're going to do a paintball battle. They're going to do a paintball battle between these two different squads. But the one thing is that Chucky has loaded the red team's guns with real bullets. Mm-hmm. And they don't know. So it. they're on these war games. Andy tries to go find Tyler to save him from Chucky who's like there kind of around uh, and gets thought that he's trying to spy for the other team because this dickhead from earlier is just being a jerk in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the jerk gets shot. Right. In the Chucky ship. has a grenade somehow from the armory that they have at a military school for some reason. Right. An actual just armory. <laughs> Uh, and then he throws the grenade and the wormy kid who I didn't mention at this point because he meant so little to the plot. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Uh, he jumps on the grenade, finally unworming himself, I guess, <laughs> is sort of the idea. Uh, saving, saving everybody. 
Uh, and they only give it time Chuck- to uh, actually appreciate him doing that. No one says, wow, what a great guy. Like they don't give any time to appreciate him. No, he gets one close up where his like face is. He's got this like dead look on his face and he's kind of sliding downward. And that's it. That's it. No one mentions it after that. <laughs> and you forgot um, to mention the whole time. The cool girl to Silva who's in this uh, film. Also like, who did absolutely nothing for the plots that didn't matter. Yeah. She's just like got the love interest basically who gets thrust in later on. Um. Yeah, so Chucky and Tyler run away, and the military academy, thank God, is right next to a carnival for some reason. Yeah. So they run to a carnival, and Chucky's trying to find a place to do the ceremony. He needs to get his soul into the kid. The girl and the guy chase him. Tyler gets picked up by a security guard who gets murdered mm-hmm. uh, and takes off with, with uh, Tyler. They get into like a, a funhouse roller coaster kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a haunted house mixed with a roller coaster, mixed with a fun. And there's house. like big flying creatures and scary noises and effects and stuff. Um, and then the this is sort of the one part that I was kind of okay with. It was a really nice set piece, and they really did a lot with this final set. Yeah, and I think that's because the rest of the movie is like in two locations, and it's not very exciting and. Not a lot's going on and death, death by heart attack. And then so we finally uh, so have a new Chucky, location inside this fun house. Uh, Chucky gets close to putting his soul inside Tyler. He gets thwarted a couple times. Andy almost saves Tyler, almost gets killed. Every sort of an up and down, which is what I liked about it. Uh, and then it ends with Tyler, for some reason, hanging off the side of this fake volcano. <laughs> That's the centerpiece of this ride. Uh, Andy holding onto him and then Chucky jumping onto his back, like trying to strangle Andy. Yep. Uh, the kid pulls a knife from earlier, which I guess was kind of a loaded gun. Yeah. Hands it to Andy. Andy cuts off Chucky's other arm, other hand, and then throws him into just a giant conveniently placed fan. <laughs> Big metal, scary fan in the middle of this. With no guard, no guard at all. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's it. It ends abruptly. <laughs> it ends abruptly. Chucky is in pieces. And definitively dead until they the franchise decided otherwise. Uh, and, you know, Andy's still in military school. As far as we know. And maybe in some way held responsible for the events that led to the death of a cadet. And I wonder, yeah, because they put him in a police car at the end. <laughs> but I wonder if, if <clears throat> does he mention it all in Bride of Chucky and Cult of Chucky later on? He does. He actually came, the, the actor who played Andy... The original actor uh, came back in, I believe, either I think it was Curse of Chucky. Oh, there's Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, I think, right? Cult of Chucky. Okay. Cult of maybe one know. of them. In one of them, Andy made an appearance, came back, and did kill Chucky again. Yeah. He was like, I've been waiting for you and shoot some of the shotgun. <laughs> it's just weird that I, I, it, whenever guns are used in this way, it just makes things less exciting. I don't know. Like even Chucky was shooting people. It's like, this is strange. Yeah. Chucky had guns and a grenade. <laughs> it's weird. It's what just happened to knives? Well, so what would you say with our rule of three here? Uh, how does this compare to the first two and kind of compare to the rest of the series? Does it stay on par? What okay. So this one watching it, I kind of remembered it worse than it really was. Um, they use a lot of the same clever, subtle tricks that were in the first ones. A lot of good line of sight, first person from Chucky movement and implied movement. Uh, I thought this was really well illustrated in the first scene where he's with the old guy in his office and the old guy's sitting watching the thing. And then you just watch his putter 
That's probably get the creepiest up. thing about Chucky is him like and move running across over the room. Yeah. And get set back down. Uh, but you don't see Chucky. It was a super cheap shot to do, but it was super effective. And they this movie did have a lot of that, which was which was good. The plot was really thin. You were right, it's kind of boring in that it all took place in the military academy. Um, and most of the secondary characters serve no like no purpose for the plot. That's true. And it's just I don't know, even as a kid, it didn't scare me that much. It just seemed it seemed more silly than scary to me. I was like, you can kill yeah. that doll oh, yeah. pretty These, easily. <laughs> well, once again, just remember there was a time when this movie was coming, when the original was coming out, when you didn't know it was the doll. That's true. The but first now, movie only had you that. know it's the doll. So it's just, oh, what's the, what's he going to do? Who's he going to stat? You know, right? It lo- loses a lot of its oomph just by default. That's true. But I always had Jason and um, Michael Myers. Those are always scarier to me than Chucky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, this was an okay three. I don't think it's terrible. We are going to review some terrible third films. So out of five stars, so, what do we give it? Uh, okay, on our new scale that we're also going to use for trailer reviews, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to only give this two Gary Buseys. <laughs> this gets, like it's uh, not on the Raul Julia side, but it's not super far on the Gary Busey side. Yeah, since I was giving it uh, only two stars anyway, so two Gary Buseys as well. All right, shit two scary. Gary Buseys. Yep. No Raul Julius. No, it doesn't get Raul Julius. <laughs> um, so we have some trivia here. Um, one, some of you might have picked out as well, but uh, under pressure from Universal, screenwriter Don Mancini was asked to begin writing the third film even before the second film was released. Hence, the picture was released only nine months after Child's Play 2. Mancini has called it his least favorite because he felt he was out of ideas so soon after part two, which makes sense. Uh, and I'm not sure what version you saw. Uh, I saw, and I saw this through the trivia, a very rare version because when Chucky finds out that he is going to put his soul into Tyler, he said the controversial line, uh, Chucky's going to be a bro or I'm going to be a bro. Right. And it's been cut from like subsequent VHS DVD releases. uh, But I saw a version that had it. Me too. (laughs) Probably the same version. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's just interesting. What, What flew then, but now absolutely would not yeah they edited out from all other versions because they thought it was offensive to african-americans and yeah it kind of is um it was a budget uh disappointment of a movie because it made 20.5 million uh on a 13 million dollar budget so, so they made some money but yeah it know. broke even at least so that was good so they'd have another movie for another eight years or seven years really um yeah the next one's okay don't watch it <laughs> oh bright of chucky yeah, it's just don't. That's the one with Jennifer Tilly, right? Yeah. Yeah, not so not so good. Not so good. One of them. Uh here's my favorite thing is this this movie is so mundane and so bad that this is one of the pieces of IMDb trivia. Uh-huh. Colonel Cochran wore a wedding ring indicating that he is either married, divorced, or a widower. <laughs> that is how I bad this movie is. That's why I didn't write it down, but it's funny to mention it because of how stupid it is. It's so dumb that that is trivia for this film. Oh, and there was like four paragraphs of some military guy saying which parts of their military uniforms are correct or which ones weren't and what pins they had on and stuff. Like, who is watching this movie with that much detail? Like, who cares? That's incredible. That's right. I did see that where someone was like, it's a silver star, basically indicating that the person had been in like three wars, one of which they couldn't possibly have been in. (laughs) It's like, why did you go through the trouble of writing this entry into IMDb? 
for Child's Play 3. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Will that right. cover it for our rule of three this yeah, time? Yeah, that's, that's rule of three. We're going to bring you some more third films and franchises. But until next time, that's it. So here's a, a related and surprise preternatural penetration. <laughs> ago said that it was going to be maybe his last one but i'm glad to see that it's that it's not done yet well it just struck me i was like well what can i do as a segment for this show and steve steve's always supplying all the extra segments i gotta pull my weight around here and i was like oh yeah haunted dolls in the real in quotations world so um (laughs) a couple that are very one that's very familiar to everybody is annabelle because it's been made into a major motion picture um there was a real doll named Annabelle uh, that's based off of and it was eventually taken by um, the Warrens which is the couple that are in those series of films that they were a real couple right. that really did paranormal investigations and stuff um, but the real doll was given to a woman a woman gave it to her daughter who was a nursing student who was 28 years old and so a 28 year old woman getting a doll for her birthday was kind of strange but it's actually a Raggedy Ann doll which um I'm not sure if that's an international thing, but here in the States, it's pretty popular. They had a cartoon as well. Um, yeah, Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy. Exactly. Andy, hey, go figure. Um, yeah. And so this was in 1970 that they got this doll. And apparently the, the doll was possessed by a girl who was who was apparently killed a long time ago uh, by car accident in the apart where the apartment complex now was that this woman lived, Donna, this nurse. Um, and so apparently it would it would move from room to room and they thought it was, you know, obviously haunted that the door would be locked or be leaning against a chair when they found it. And they try to wow. re- they couldn't lean against the chair the same way. It couldn't stand that way. So it was very strange. Um, they finally had like a medium come over and try to figure out who it was. So they figured out it was the this young girl who had died a long time ago. But the medium scared them by saying, oh, but, you know, spirits can't inhabit dolls like this. So it has to be a demon. Um, uh, but at one point, the husband, the boyfriend of Donna woke up to uh, Annabelle at his feet and he said it crawled up his body and he couldn't move and it started strangling him. Uh, and he woke up the next morning and the doll was nowhere in sight. And he said he said it was real. It really happened. So eventually right. they, so he had a dream. Got it. Yeah. Or he had. That's a very common thing of what you call it's um, uh, sleep paralysis, which usually you're in the middle of kind of a nightmare, but you wake up, but your brain hasn't come out of REM. Um, and that happens a lot. It's happened to me before once or twice a long time ago. And so you can still be kind of seeing things that are in your dream or nightmare, but at the same time you're awake and you can't move your body. So it really is terrifying, but there's a logical explanation for it, um, why it happens, but it's, it's freaking us out. Uh, so yeah, that's, and eventually the Warrens took it off their hands. They put it in a display case and it's sat there for you to look at pictures online of it. You can go see I just it. Looked it up. It's still in, it's in a display case. Yeah. And yeah. so they made this movies out of it and they kind of fictionalized some elements involved, like a satanic cult and stuff like that. But, um, it's based off of a true story kind of. And so Itch. there's actually a different doll called Robert, the doll, uh, which was the inspiration for Chucky, um, probably amongst other things. But, um, Robert the doll was, as a story goes, a doll been given to Key West painter and author Robert Eugene Otto in 1906 by a Bahamian servant from the Bahamas uh, who worked for the Otto family. The servant was killed, oh, sorry, skilled in voodoo and black magic and was reported to have been displeased with the family. Um, they gave it to their son, apparently. He became inseparable from it. Uh, and the doll said, he said the doll was named Robert. 
Um, and eventually we talk back to people and make noises, uh, over the years, passerby reported seeing the doll move from window to window. Uh, the family caught glimpses of Robert, the doll running from room to room. Others claimed it had a terrifying giggle. Um, <laughs> but they said, uh, when parents heard loud noises from his bedroom at night, they would claim to hear their son say, Robert did it. So he would blame things on him. So it's been around forever and it's in a museum now too. And you can go look at it. And apparently it says, I looked things. it up. This thing is way creepier. Yeah. That one actually looks really creepy, way creepier. And people have reported like, if you, if you taunt it, you'll have bad luck and you'll die. And, uh, but yeah, look up Robert, the doll. It's really old, really creepy and kind of partially what Ch- uh, Chucky was based off of this kind of living doll. Um, wow. So yeah, that's my preternatural penetration for today. Ooh, well, good tie-in. Well, thank you. Well, does that take us to trailer reviews? Yes, and this is not the usual music, but it's different because we're. <laughs> Just a hooray for Hollywood. That's all. All right. So the reason that our normal soundbite is there is because if you don't remember, we've given up our old trailer rating system. It's just too cumbersome and too. F- it was antiquated. So now we're just going to measure things in Gary Busey's and Raul Julia's. Right. And I think it, what the basically means is if it's on the bad side, we're give it out of one of five Gary Busey's good side or however many Gary Busey's it deserves. Forty five Gary Busey's. That could be a good or a bad thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Arbitrary. Uh, or Raul Julia's because, uh, as we've mentioned in for Adam's family, a street fighter, he was a hell of an actor and went before his time. Real it's, classy. It's jump. So true. For me, it was a Tuesday. Oh man. That line. That's so good. So good. Uh, so what trailer are we reviewing first? I think, uh, while well, you might've seen this one already, but it's looks interesting. Jumanji. Uh, so to friends. It's complicated. Many a tear has to fall. When we first got together, but it's all we were different people in the game. Grandpa Eddie? Anthony? This is uh, uh, Martha and, and Bethany. This is Spencer's grandfather. Nice to meet you. Morning. Sorry to barge in on you. You're not barging. He's barging. Milo Walker. Did you guys see Spencer? I think he went back in. We gotta go get him. Are you out of your mind? We haven't even picked our guys yet. Oh, he's just trying to call us. You hear something? Spencer. Huh? What? Who are you? Oh, my God. You're Spencer's grandfather. Are we in Florida? And you? My little walker. Did I die and turn into some kind of a small, muscular boy scout? Are we dead? Bethany? No, no, no! Fridge? I'm the old fat dude. This can't be happening! My hip sure feels good now. Look at my thighs. Look at your thighs. Look at my thighs. Okay, we have some issues here. The game is busted! It was a game. I'm not it. I don't want to be it. Welcome to Jumanji! This next adventure is even more challenging. Now remember, the future of Jumanji is in your hands. I have one important question. Who is Jumanji? Is that Barbara's boy? We're gonna die. We did die. Are we in hell? I knew it. Oh my god. This is a whole new thing. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head. What in the Sam Hill? What the hell is this? It's your strengths and weaknesses. Smoldering intensity? It's this stupid face you make, huh? What's going on? You having a heart attack? Breathe. 
breathe. His whole left side is shutting down. Eddie. All in the wonderful All right. Uh, so the, the beginning of this trailer, I was really not buying in. I rolled my eyes a lot, and I feel like for whatever reason, the second half clicked, and it got a lot better. I got to see that, yeah. And I was like, how are they going to do this? Is this going to be really cheesy or just not really well executed? So, but- so the, the main kid from the first one is like his grandpa's staying with him, or he moved out of his house and moved to his grandpa or something. He finds a Jumanji game, fixes it, gets sucked in. Grandpa and friend get sucked in. Other friends get sucked in. Right. Uh, everyone's a different character than before, and you have The Rock doing a Danny DeVito impression. Uh, and uh, Kevin Hart doing a uh, like Danny Glover impression, right? And I was a little worried about my notes that I was like, I saw he did an okay impression the Rock of Danny DeVito, but I'm wondering how well he's going to hold that throughout the whole movie because he's I can't imagine he's one for being really great at impressions, but it seemed okay uh, for the trailer. I honestly think that 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 is what sold the second half of the trailer for me. Mm. Was the two of them doing their funny old guy shtick as not funny old guys was, I think is going to work. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I wrote also that the first movie I was not expecting anything from, but me and Kate at the time wanted to see something lighthearted and something casual. So we went and saw Jumanji, the reboot. I'm like, holy crap, that was funny and well done. It was just much better than I expected. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't laugh at trailers often, but uh, right at the end of the trailer when he's doing his smoldering intensity and Kevin Hart as Danny Glover, yeah. it's going like, oh, he's having a dot attack. Oh, breathe through it. Breathe through it. Like, and I, I actually got, did laugh at the, really got me. who is Jumanji? I actually did laugh at that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to give this thing three Raul Julias. Oh my gosh, I gave it three out of five Raul Julia's as well. Oh my gosh. And because I think Raul, these ratings will also say like, we'll say how likely we are to see them mixed with how good the trailer itself was. We can say it's like a mixture of those two things. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's our new system, basically. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, We're rating a trailer. <laughs> tell me how to On a life. podcast, two white dudes <laughs> talking about movies. Oh man, I love that podcast. I listened to like two of those. Two white guys talking <laughs> about movies. Yeah, there's a, a lot of white guys talking about movies, German. So not bring it to you. So the next trailer we got is The King's Man. Throughout time, our people robbed, lied, and killed. Until one day, we found ourselves noblemen. But that nobility never came from chivalry. It came from being tough. And ruthless. Real power is not found running off to war. Real power lies in understanding who it is you're truly fighting and how they can be defeated. I know you want to fight, but there are other ways of doing your duty. All right. So we got a prequel to the Kingsman series um, and like a far prequel too, for that matter, like right before world war one breaks out. Cause you see the inciting incident of world war one happening in this trailer. And right. Uh, we got Ray fines and uh, I didn't really recognize Some anybody young, else. Nice British guy. I didn't really recognize anyone else either. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of like, you know, these rich noblemen feel responsibility for their country and take action and, 
Oh, do you G, uh, Jimin Hanzu is in there? That's right. He's like some sort of martial arts instructor. So that's exciting. A quick shot of that girl from uh, uh, Deus Machina or Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, her. She's in it. I forgot her name, but she's great. I really like her in a lot of stuff. Oh, she was in Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, that chick. I don't remember. Anyways. Yeah, that, that lady. But the the cinematography looks beautiful. Like, um, I actually was at um, playing Dungeons and Dragons tonight, and I said, talked about the trailer with my friends, and I was like, well, it looks more serious. Like, this is like maybe more dramatic than the other two. Um, and they were saying the other trailers for Kingsman were kind of dramatic too, but it's still like a comedy. And I said, well, I'm sure it'll be comic elements, but this one seems a little more like yeah, a this film. This is different. You know, this is different. It feels different for sure. This is not Samuel L. Jackson with a lisp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least not that far. Exactly. Or like uh, uh, Colin this, Firth killing everyone in a church. Like not necessarily. So I'm going to give this one to Raul Julia's. And while it does look good, the thing I liked about the Kingsman films was sort of how outlandish and big they were. So I'm not sure this is going to scratch that itch for me. Well, let me see if I can change the perspective a little bit that I'm I'm really appreciative of this original franchise they've created because there's so few original things anymore anywhere. Um, and I think if they want to do like enough movies of these that they could be all a little bit different feel after a while, that this could be like a little more of a dramatic starting point of the thing. And they already have another Kingsman movie planned as well. And have like a different feel for each one. So I, I gave it a four out of five, Raul Julius. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Right now, the decades thing is kind of hot with the success of things like American Horror Story. Mm. You know, you could take a Kingsman and make a Kingsman movie in each decade. Yeah, and look at like uh, Wonder Woman's going to the 80s. Um, you got Stranger Things. and uh, uh, Captain- well, no, Yeah, you do this one, it's World War One. The next one, World War Two. Right. Like the next one's the forties. The next one's a cold war, you know? Yeah. Why not? They they stay good. And Ray finds is great. So, uh, but before we stop trailer reviews, there's been a lot of demand over the last couple of years for, uh, recapping when we've seen a movie that we previously had reviewed in trailer reviews. Uh, okay. So did you see uh, Spider-Man far from home? No, you did not. Okay. Well, then I can't talk about it. <laughs> Give me another one. All right. So I'll just say it's good. Um, and I had a, a clip for us to play of what we had talked about. Um, I won't play it for you because you won't remember. But let's just say I was I was very prescient about what was happening. And uh, we'll play that some other time. But for Men in okay. Black, did you see that one? The International? No. Do you, I'm not going to spoil anything, but this is a really quick what our ratings was. This doesn't say anything. I'm going to give this one a give it a buck. There's no way I'm going to get to go see this in a theater, and it's not going to be a high enough priority for me to do so. Well, at oh, least you're going to give it a buck. I appreciate it. Right. Because I think it'll still be fun no matter what. All right. Uh, I'd like uh, to say that I, when I was a kid, I watched the Men in Black 1 and 2 VHS cassettes so many times over and over and over again. So Men in Black this a is a shut up and take money for me. Two's okay. Three was a damn crying shame. <laughs> you're talking over the recording. <laughs> he thought I was talking to him. Oh, I thought you were too. No, that was just Man, the recording. <laughs> you can't trick me like this. So the point was, uh, you gave it a give it a buck that you might, and I said shut up and take my money because I was excited about the nostalgia. Um, but I went and saw it, and it was god awful. My prediction was absolutely right. I'm going to give it a buck because I know I'm not going to get to see it in theaters, and I don't have the drive to go do so. Right. That was 100 accurate. And like, I even tried to have some fun with it, and it just really wasn't even that fun. The chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson wasn't there anymore like it was in Thor Ragnarok. They just were okay. boring with each other. Um, and so, yeah, it was like really, and Le- even Liam Neeson's was in it, but uh, he uh, didn't save it either. So 
Yep. But once you see uh, Spider-Man, let me know. Another future episode, we'll go back and recap that because uh, okay. there's some interesting stuff to talk about there. All right. All right. I love it. So that brings us back to some radical recommends. That's right. Which if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend pleasant. I always like that. It's uh, the thank you section when we can't play anymore. Right. (laughs) Uh, So my radical recommend this week in my deep dive of YouTube is Chris Hardwick. Really? No, not that Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick Animal Adventures. Oh, wow. Different Chris Hardwick. There's a guy named Chris Hardwick who's like a crazy reptile and animal enthusiast and does this great channel about it. That's awesome. Uh, He's a keeper and breeder of snakes, uh, specifically pythons. He's super passionate, super into it. It's clearly into the deep care of these things. Um, Does great instructional videos on how to do anything for a snake dealing with snake mites which i didn't even know was a thing did you know there are like four different like types of ball python that each have different colorings and patterns jeez and people collect different ones and crossbreed it's insane uh and then on top of that uh he uh did you know that there's reptic uh let's see repticons was like a transformer reptile no, it's a Comic-Con for reptile enthusiasts. Oh, very There's one nice. that goes to Orlando three times a year. <laughs> That's crazy. Where people bring and trade and buy and sell reptile stuff. Wow. I can see a lot of people being really like, scared of that kind of event. It's like this huge subculture I had no idea about until I came across Chris Hardwick, Animal Adventures. Very nice. Whole new so world. Check him out on YouTube, Chris Hardwick, Animal Adventures. Nice. And so my radical recommend is for a podcast that I didn't know existed, but apparently has gotten very popular. We, I might have mentioned it on our San, San Jose live episode, but I don't know if I did because we listened to it a lot in that trip. Okay. Uh, but it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Did I talk about this? No. <laughs> so I found out about it because on HBO, they had a special called My Dad Wrote a Porno, uh, a live show. And it's basically them doing the, a live uh, episode of their podcast. What it is is that this, this uh, British British guy, his father, suddenly wrote a porno, uh, basically an erotic fiction in his you know 60s or 70s in his retirement. And he, his son found out about it and was like, oh, my God, we're going to do a podcast where we read a chapter every episode of my dad's porno. And him and his two friends, a girl and a, and a guy, they sit there and comment on what he says and they kind of stop him every time it gets too ridiculous. And the, the funny part is that it's written so poorly and his father knows nothing about sex or women, and it's just terrible. <laughs> like one time he says, and then he inserted himself right into a cervix. <laughs> and the woman says, stop, stop, you can't, you can't hit the cervix. That's impossible. And so like, um, it just got really funny. And so uh, suddenly celebrities were listening to this podcast. Elijah Wood was one of the original like rabid fans of their podcast. Um, and they're in season four now, and they got this live HBO special. It's gotten really popular, but... It's it's hilarious to listen to. Um, might be dangerous while you're driving because you'll be laughing so hard. It, just how it's uh, the name of the actual character is Belinda, and they the name of the book is Belinda Blinked because um, she's just constantly blinking in surprise at people taking their pants off in front of her. So my, <laughs> my my dad wrote a porno. It's very British, very fun. Well, once I finish the It audio book, I will listen to that. Ooh, that'll take I only a have ten hours left. Which version are you listening to? Who's the narrator? Uh, he's doing a good job though. I like him. 
Because if it's the same guy, is it Steven something? Maybe. I don't know. Because it's the guy from Wings. I don't log in and check every time I listen to my audio book. (laughs) Well, whatever. I'm an an audiobook narrator. It's important. I was going to say, I'm sure that you hate this because I'm like, what? He didn't write the thing. (laughs) I know, but he's doing so much work. He had to read those 10 hours. Damn it. (laughs) Oh, my God. How do I find your audiobook is playing? It's on my phone. I'm an old man. Where do I find the information? Steven Weber. There we go. That's him. So he's the guy who's on Wings. Uh, you recognize his face. He's in lots of stuff. Um, but he does a fantastic job because we were listening to that same audiobook not long ago and it was really good. I was, oh, him? Yeah. Wow. No, he does a really good job. He's a fantastic narrator. It. Yeah. There's only been one or two voices he's done where I'm like, uh, this is not. But there's a terrible. lot of voices in that book. Well, well, not only that, but then you have like Richie doing all these impressions throughout. Like he does a great job handling almost all of them. That's pretty good. There's only been one or two where I've kind of rolled my eyes and just tried to get through it. It's a weird book. Weird book. Ten hours left. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's our radical recommends. Uh, my dad wrote a porno and uh, Chris Hardwick animal adventures. Check him out, folks. Uh, well, thanks again for coming back and listening to Rule Three. We'll come back to you next time with lots of crazy nerdy stuff. Uh, come on back and keep being our nerd audience. And guess what? We'll come back and we'll keep being your nerdy co-hosts. So, hey. thanks again, Internet. I cut you off after all these years. I cut you off on your closing. Yeah, way to blow the landing, man. Stay here, my friends. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you an. Oh shit. I'll give you <laughs> Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. How.